Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. George, did you get what you deserve? Yeah. In a movie tonight that we all watched called Joker. Joker. You get what you deserve. <laughs> Kablam. That's the moral of the story. All right, good night. <laughs> <laughs> Great podcast, guys. Yeah. Hey. Shortest one ever. This Yikes. movie's up your alley, I think. <laughs> I was watching I this movie today, and I legit had the thought about 10 minutes in. Well, say five minutes. About five minutes in, I had a thought like, oh, God, George is going to love this movie so much. Like, it's going to be annoying to hear how much he likes this movie. Really? I think you're going to love this movie, man. It's a bit of a tragedy. <laughs> really? It's melodramatic. It's well acted. It's a tragedy. Nothing good happens. And there's a Wendy theory. Oh, I want to hear about that. I didn't I was not blown away by this movie at all. No. Really? Okay. No. It was it was good. It was okay. But like here's the thing that it had me thinking the entire I don't know, I'd say probably first hour and a half. Um it's that question that we talked about, I think back in we were talking about Halloween and certain you know, the certain people, certain directors did a backstory and you're like, I don't want to know all the mm-hmm. backstory. It's kind of that question. Do you, do you want to know? Right. Uh, you know, the backstory of your villain, like sometimes the backstory of your villain is uh, more interesting in your own head. Yes. Than out of somebody else's. Now, I'm not saying that I didn't want to see this backstory. I'm just saying that that was the question I was asking myself for the first half an hour. How does this compare to my backstory and, you know? It brings up two major conversation pieces. One, the source material. Which I don't know anything about, yep. It doesn't really have any, but it does borrow a little bit from the killing joke. I don't know if uh, Dan agrees, but I believe it does. I mean, it's in kind of mention his background a little bit. In it's the killing in joke. the vicinity of the Killing right. Joke backstory, where he's a stand-up comic. It is adjacent okay. to the Killing Joke, but I don't know. I would say it is less directly the Killing Joke than even the Dark Knight, and the Dark Knight was already just like visually inspired by. But the other thing that connects it to the Killing Joke leads me to the Wendy theory. So I don't know if we want to talk about the that theory this early. Let's talk about the movie a little bit, but I do want to okay. get into your Wendy theory. Okay. I hope it's not quite as windy as the other Wendy theory. And that it <laughs> You it, mean it awesome blows and exact <laughs> <laughs> and perfect. Listen, uh, Stanley Cooper called me yesterday and he said, dude, the Wendy theory He did one hundred percent. Friend you know, of the show. I believe that more than I believe moon. anything in the Wendy theory. So I'll okay. I'll buy it. But he called me from the moon, so I'm just saying. Yeah, they were filming a, a piece <laughs> up there. Now, a little f- film. Joker starts off, George, and mm-hmm. the clown cries. Mm-hmm. We're doing the day the clown cried, but we're not doing the day the clown cried. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting to people that know what movie that is. I'm sure you don't. I don't know. There is a Jerry Lewis connection in this movie. Yeah. 
And it starts with a clown crying. Yikes, guys. Some Hollywood nostalgia acid mm. trip is what this movie is. Is that the movie where he's a clown in, in Auschwitz? Yeah. And it okay. never has been released. And to my knowledge, you can't even find a bootleg. Right. Not that you'd want to. It sounds awfully sad. But George yeah. would like it because George likes sad movies. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Probably like it more well, than so- this movie, TBH. Didn't they do I mean, one with uh, Roberto Benigni, I think? He won an Oscar for it. I think I had a dessert called that. Yeah. It was not a beautiful life, but it was uh, a Benini. What's it called? Life is Beautiful? Life is Beautiful. Is that also I a clown crying in Auschwitz? He's a, he's not a clown <laughs> no. like what you think, but he does take it upon himself he to make the kids laugh. Lighten spirits. Oh, Lighten spirits before horrifying. they're gassed, yeah. I remember when that but, won all the awards and I remember him being pretty clownish at the show. Yeah. But I remember from the Oscar clip being like, no, never. Mm-mm, not yeah. me. It's like Schindler's List meets Patch Adams. If that, if that helps. That, I mean, it helps me determine that I made the right <laughs> determination not to ever watch that movie. Right. Patch Adams is good, though. I know it won a ton of Oscars or whatever or was nominated for a bunch of stuff. It just seems like a movie that would just be so full of sap. I couldn't take it. It, it was, it was, well, we're not doing that movie, but it was basically they took an event that all this stuff happens around, but mm-hmm. it doesn't actually happen inside. It's kind of like Full Metal Jacket had the boot camp and all that stuff. You knew they were building up to the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. but they never had to go there. They could have, that movie could have ended with Private Pile blowing its brains out, and then that put spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> and that could have been the end of the movie without yeah. ever even going to Vietnam. Yeah, it'd be like a tragic Biloxi blues. Yeah, I love Biloxi blues. <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Starring now, your daughter's favorite actor. Yes. Uh, Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Broderick. Yeah. Now, George, right off the bat, you're introduced to Arthur. Mm-hmm. You're pretty sure he's going to become the Joker because all the clowning and such. It's in the title. <laughs> but <laughs> did you as a sometimes movie watching person go, "Wait a minute. Joker's name is Jack." No. Okay. Cuz that's what I did. I was like, "Arthur, his name is Jack." In some versions of canon. And mm. so right from the beginning, it's pretty clear to the the comic fans that we're doing something with the canon and we're not sure what. They did a few things. They did a few things. Definitely. Okay. But it could have been one of his personalities. Like, there's still mystery there. What, you mean Arthur? Arthur might no, be an assumed... Arth- no, everyone's calling him Arthur. Yeah. I bet if I go back to the... Well, no, his... uh, his Because they showed his adoption certificate and it was unknown on the certificate so Hmm. no no I don't think that the line from the killing joke is the joker says he's basically I wrote it down it's not multiple choice he is yeah multiple choice his his background his history his origin is multiple choice hmm so it's kind of like how in the Dark Knight, when he's telling the story of how he got the scars, yes. it's always a different story. Actually, I only think I think he only tells it twice. Now, George, it's different three times. You just three finished times? the movie. He only says two. What's the third no? He one? says the old man. Uh, 
you remind me of my father. He doesn't really say the scars. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so, he tells he us. He's about to start the third one, and he yeah. never does. Right, Which yeah. is, uh, mm-hmm. it's too bad, because I'd like to hear his third version, too. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <He's> saying. <laughs> so, the thing that is, George, you've just finished the movie, and I don't know that you're ready for this revelation, but we're going to have to talk about it. Okay. I am of the impression that you just watched a two-hour version of Do You Want to Know How I Got These Scars? Yeah. And that everything in this movie is bullshit. Yes, the Wendy theory. I don't even know if it's a Wendy theory. I think it's pretty... I, I you don't, It doesn't yeah. take a lot of shoe leather to get from that last scene of this movie to... Right, right. To that conclusion. You're and, basically sitting there thinking, did any of this happen? Yeah. <laughs> when he's interviewing with the, the woman at the end. You're basically sitting there going, oh my God. It's almost like a Sixth Sense moment. You're like, they showed me throughout the movie that most of this shit was happening in his head. Did any of this take place? I mean, I had that thought a a little bit. Right. But... mm, Because they go out of their way. They go out of their way to, to show you he's a daydreamer. He puts himself in situations. They showed him watching the late night uh, Murray on TV, and then he's in the audience, and then he's back in his living room again. They showed you the neighbor he was in love with that he mm-hmm. found out. You find out later he doesn't even really know her. Yep. Like, they spent time. You mean Harley Quinn? Yeah, she wasn't Harley Quinn. Oh, I, was... uh, I don't even remember what her name when was. When I first saw her, that's what I right. thought they were setting her up to be, but... But they they basically showed you throughout the movie that he <laughs> none of this is happening. Yeah, when he when, so yeah, did his mom even die? Like we don't know. I don't know any of it. Did After he even that... know his mother? We don't right. know. Now, one other thing I should probably <laughs> put out right up front, George. Uh, I saw this movie in theaters when it came out. I went with two girls, and after the movie, we went to dinner to talk about it, like you do. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of hated it. Like we didn't come out with good feelings, which you don't, you're not going to get like uplifted by this movie, No, but the ending to me was such an interesting decision, but the rest of the movie I found like unwatchably like horrifying and not in a fun way. Why, why did you, why did you say what you just said about the end of the movie that it was interesting? It was interesting because this movie was advertised heavily as a standalone thing, which is just like a, a riff on the Joker. We're doing it standalone. doesn't connect to the rest of the movies. We're just doing mm-hmm. a playground for Joaquin Phoenix to run around and be the Joker in. Yeah, like a one-shot. In the comic world, they call that a one-shot, where they're just like, all right, this has nothing to do with the story continuities. This is just we're going to do one book with okay. a little story. But when and you, you say- end up in that last room and mm-hmm. everything changes and you're on a more traditionally Nolan-y, color palette mm-hmm. and if you go back and analyze the beginning of this movie and how he presents it as like literally him telling the beginning of his story to his caseworker right mm-hmm. there's a good chance that this was a two-hour version of him telling that lady do you want to know how i got these scars and by doing so you right. open the, the door is this actually going to connect to other movies like did we just give ourselves the cheat out that now we can be like oh yeah by the way this Joker 
is actually the Joker you know from the Nolan movies. We just didn't tell you till right now. No, what they should do is make him the Joker in the Pattinson world. And that is still possible. They could which they could do. And I would I would be down with that because the the imagery seems connected. This the, the new the Batman that's coming out today came out today. Okay. If they want to, they could connect that world how it is. Just like Nolan has his kind of feel, that that film noir world would totally fit into this. So he could technically this Arthur could become either this Arthur be the Joker for Pattinson or one of those disciples. But then again, if none of this happened, then there are no disciples. Like they kind of touched on that in the on the Gotham TV show. They basically had like three or four Jokers in that show mm-hmm. because it was like an idea. That people kept assuming. Yeah. And it wasn't like Jason body jumping. No, It was yeah, just like the, the first Joker. More like Tommy Jason. It was a lot like Tommy Jason and Roy yeah, Jason. Yeah, it was like Tommy Jason where the one, the first Joker kind of inspired more Jokers. Yeah, you got a radical person that, right. that assumes that persona. Right. Yeah. It's like a persona. Yeah. So that could be done here. But then again, if you believe that none of this movie happened, then this the end of this movie is his escape from Arkham, then the sky's the limit. He can do whatever he wants. They can do whatever they want with him. Whether they can get Phoenix to come back, I don't think so because they sold it to him as like a one-off. What pissed me off about this movie, because I'm, I'm I was in your boat, Dan. I still kind of am. The hype killed it for me. There was so much hype around this movie. I didn't see it in the theaters because I was oh, already Oh, you angry. got post-hype wave. Yeah, that's going to yeah. kill you. No, it was like the the week of. I was like, do I go see it? Do I not? And then everybody was like, oh, it's the best movie ever made. It's the best Joker on screen. And I'm like, that's ah. bullshit. I said, I don't know. And then like a week went by and I'm like, nah, I didn't see it. And there's really no spoilers. So I'll just wait. And then a couple months went by and I was like, you know what? It's going to be out on demand soon. So I'll just watch it. So I watched it in my house. And I was right in my assumptions. It was overindulgent. It was overhyped. It was good performance-wise, acting-wise. I really enjoyed his performance. Ten times better than Jared Leto. Nowhere near Ledger. But I enjoyed his take. My issue with the whole thing was the marketing. I thought this movie would have done well even if they didn't market it as a Joker movie. If they just showed, because his performance is so good, they could have left out all the clown stuff, showed his struggle, his his, like basically what you would show if somebody has like an addiction, a struggle with an addiction, but show his mental health breakdown in the commercials without showing any of the clown shit. Yeah. Don't bill it as a Joker movie. Call it something else. And then when he says, call me Joker in the movie, that would have been like the Sixth Sense moment where like, oh, he was talking to Thomas Wayne. Yeah. That was Bruce Wayne? And then you would have been like, oh, shit, he's the Joker? Like, to me, that would have been awesome. That would have been perfect. How could you keep that big of a secret, though? That'd be impossible. You can. It's possible because you have an A-list actor. Image-wise, the the movie made 
there's plenty of do an old style trailer. Don't do where they show you the whole movie in three minutes. Just give me snippets. Show me the performance and I'll go see it. Because just show, showing him pulling his face and and like his contorted body and just how emaciated he is and bill it as a and you know, they they do the same thing with a couple of Christian Bale movies where he lost a lot of weight and he he looked like he was dying. Like you didn't even need to know the story. You're just like, I'm in. I'm watching that movie because he's phenomenal. The director's great. I love the imagery. I'm gonna go see this movie. And then yeah, you're gonna you're not gonna get the huge first weekend box office, but if people start talking and they're like, No, you gotta go see this. I'm not gonna tell you why, but you gotta go see this. Yeah. Then you're gonna get that second weekend box office and then it's gonna get more legs and before you know it, you still have the same box office success a lot more buzz i don't know I, to me the marketing was it was too on the nose i was just like oh my god here's what the problem with on the nose marketing though is it won an oscar and made all the money so like it sucks for us because it would have been a better experience for you and i but they made so much money and they won an oscar so it's like but it, still won, it, it still would have won oscars because the performance was there and if it came out early enough you're going to get the people submitting it for uh, consideration. You're gonna get the studio submitting it. That has nothing to do with people going to see the movie. Ten people could go see a movie and it still gets nominated for an Oscar. It has to be seen by the people that vote. So if they nominate it, then and you know money talks. Like if the studio believes in it, they're gonna prop it up and and it'll get nominated. But it, I don't think it needed any kind of hype. It was good enough, trailer wise to get people to go see it. And that's all you needed. People to go see it, so then they come home and they say, dude, you gotta go see this movie. And then you get that second and third weekend where people are like, because that's what happened with Sixth Sense. Nobody went to see Sixth Sense. It's Bruce Willis. He was on, on his way out. And that just the buzz from that movie made people go see it. Does it is it that the twist was so good that people respect it? And they don't spoil it? Yeah. You know, like when the twist is that good, like people keep their mouth shut out of respect, you know? I think so. Like Psycho back in the day. Yeah. Like Spider-Man, that newest one. Nobody saw that twist coming. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, again, the marketing screwed that shit up, but we talked about that last week. But yeah, so I didn't like the movie when I saw it in theaters. And so I just want to put it out there that I made it about five minutes in today and just fucking skip through the rest of it because i hate this movie uh i i did go back and watch the key parts that i wanted to make sure that i my understanding of the ending from when i first watched it still holds water and and indeed i i would argue that it does but i skipped all the horrible kid child abuse stuff because i just don't that doesn't it makes the movie unwatchable for me right i felt the same way until i realized that none of it happened and then I'm like, okay, this is him. Cre- he created this. Right. I mean, it's like mind. the story with his the kitchen knife and his mom and all that. Where right. if he had to see it, if he had to sit through a movie of that scene, it would not be a movie I would want to watch. So just right. let him tell me the story real quick and make it sound all fake. And I don't know. It's guilty of the Rob Zombie syndrome. Yeah, it does have like, a little Halloween. Yeah. Rob that's Zombie exactly, Halloween. That's in exactly it. what I thought. 
Actually, I've never seen Rob Zombie's right. Halloween, but Ugh. that's what we were talking about when you were talking about the backstory right. of the villain. Do I really, you know? But to <clears> me, <throat> this works a lot better than the backstory of Michael Myers. Because with this, it makes sense. You have the, it's the same thing with The Dark Knight. The Joker is an, is an unreliable narrator. Yeah. So when he takes you Which down. Which is a, a very interesting. Yeah. So when he so takes you down a road, yeah, he's no matter what he's telling you, it's bullshit. So <laughs> he could be talking for two hours, and then you find out none of that happened. That was just a yeah. Actually, yeah. I just saw that movie tonight, where he talked yeah. for two hours, and then I had to watch it. Hey, so <laughs> George, did you notice the song that was playing during the big clown riot thing at the end? Yeah. What what song was playing? It was um It was Cream. What song was it? It was The White Room. Right, right. Okay, yeah. And then it ends in a white room. Yeah. Because it all takes place in the white room. Bum, 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 bum. It's a heck of a song. It's a great song. It's a weird last scene, man. Well, they had to do the white room because they wanted to do the red footprints to imply that he killed her. Well, and it's the Dark Knight. Uh, oh, I thought palette. he just stepped in some ketchup. Uh, <laughs> right. He got those new uh, <laughs> sticky sketchers that leave footprints yeah. anywhere you walk. Well, you get you get your uh, your Cesar Romero uh, killing mask in this yeah, movie. You do a few yeah, times. You do. Yeah. You get that. You Which get is uh, part of my issue with his. Joker look in this movie, I felt the either there was something about that face that was too much. I don't know if it was the nose being red or the blue triangles. There was just something where I was like, it doesn't say Joker to me. But then I understand that it's kind of like year one Joker. Right. Mm-hmm. So and- I was I was able to get past that. But I remember the first marketing images I saw of him as the, as a clown. I was like, what are they fucking do? Why does he look like a real clown? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. But they did. They took that that Caesar, Caesar Romero mask and they <laughs> painted it on his face. And yeah. a Caesar and, Romero jacket too. I mean, it's a slightly different shade, yeah. but it's it's definitely hearkening back to the '60s Batman character development. Yeah, the dancing's a little much though. But we'll talk about where that probably comes from. Yeah, the dancing. In a but little I, bit. I I got kind of I kind of caught on early. The dancing was better when uh, Willem Dafoe did it. Yeah, and, uh, Willem Dafoe would have killed this movie too. <laughs> yeah, right. Actually, I. I want him to be the Joker someday. In I don't one know shot, when. Uh, with uh, with um, unmakeuped Joaquin Phoenix, like through a, a window or something, I thought, man, his face—he actually kind of looks yeah. like a big Willem Dafoe, like a taller yeah. Willem Dafoe. I'd never noticed that before. It was just one shot, but yeah, that's funny you guys bring that up. Yeah, but I kind of caught on to it being not real when he had full access to Bruce Wayne. Oh, gross. I was like, this that is really is weird that he's touching unwatchably him. Like, weird. Although, did you notice that Bruce comes down a bat pole on his way to the <laughs> yes, gate? He I slides did. down us. Yes. A... <sighs> so what is this movie? Like, are they... I... Is it the collective memory of this character, Joker, and he just happens to be focusing on the 60s Batman archetypes, but moved to the 70s? Like, this movie mm. is a strange thing. But... It... It is, but it's it's par for the course with DC. 
because they're they're just all over the place. They are all over the place, but <laughs> this one made money, so we'll get more like this. Right. Uh, yeah. Did you notice though when we were talking about the Dark Knight Rises and we started talking about what would a future look like with John Blake Robin as the main crime fighter? Mm. One of the things they could do, and they could still do it because everybody's still alive, is eventually in Joker 2, you could connect it to those movies if you wanted to. Like, this could literally be Heath Ledger's Joker 10 or 15 years after being committed to Arkham. This could be his escape, and now he has to fight John Blake. They're never going to do that, but I would would pay to see that. It would be... I I still think it would be better if he was in the the Batman uh world because I I just don't think they're two of the same character. I don't think the Heath Ledger Joker uh even prior to scars and prior to makeup is anywhere near what this guy is. Like, this would have I, to be this escape would have to take place after the Dark Knight is over though. Right. Right. But <sighs> I don't know. And you don't have to have some chaotic kind of, enough. There has to be no. some way that this Joker person, whatever his real name is, has figured out who Batman is for him to enjoy the joke right. in the way that he enjoys it at the end of the movie. Like, he creates this narrative against Thomas Wayne, but in the White Room, I can't tell if he enjoys the joke of their deaths by his minions or whatever. I, this movie's a or mess, maybe guys. He was the I one really shot don't them. like it. Yeah, I hear you. But it's interesting. There's a lot of open-ended stuff. I'll let you know. I'm seeing the Batman tomorrow. Oh, I'll don't tell me know. anything. I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but I'll let you know if this fits into that. I can't wait to I have see a feeling it, but it I know it's going to be a couple of yeah. days at least. Gabe wanted to go see it tonight, and I'm like, well, we're recording. So. I mean, we can wrap it up, <laughs> get some midnight show tickets. And yeah, no. Now, I definitely... George, when uh, when we get to the scene with the clown riot and all this, and the camera mm-hmm. pans up and you see on the movie marquee Zorro, uh, the gay blade. The gay blade. Yeah. What reaction do you have as a new viewer? I have no idea what that means. <laughs> because I, right away, watching in the theater, went, oh, God, they're going to do this again. <laughs> I'm going to have to see the Waynes murdered again for the yeah. 15th time. Oh, that was the show that they were... Yeah. Oh, in the okay. comics, that's the... So there you go. This that's isn't Nolanverse, show. right? Because that's, that's comic book, so... Yeah. I... It's interesting. Yeah, now that... I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, there's, like, way more in there that... Uh, that points to this not at all being real. Yeah. You know? All of it. It... When you get a chance, like, didn't read the, the Killing Joke? Like, think about it. I'll give it to you. You can read it. Is is it in the? Uh, yeah, I I would like to. Um, is it in the? Is is it in the comics that the dude that shot, um, Thomas and Martha, 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 st- uh, like stole her pearls? That's like the key imagery. Yeah, this time it was almost like an afterthought. Like, oh God, we almost forgot to break the pearls. Psh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, the pearls. When showing the scene, it's kind of like the 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 uh, the stations of the cross. You cannot show the passion of Christ without, without the showing pearls. the scourging, and uh, you know Simon helping. Like you right, can't there's show certain the death things of you have Wayans. to. Sh- yeah, yeah, there's certain things. It. And so it is. Okay, so is the set of pearls that uh, in um, in rises. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that uh, they kind of imply that he reassembled his mother. Is that girls. what it is? Yeah. He, okay. Which because yeah, because they him... caught the guy, right? Yeah. And so obviously, I think they, in the comics it is the... Joe Chill. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. it was Joe Chill originally yeah, in the Joe comics. Chill. Yeah. The Burton movie kind of switched it on you and made it Jack Napier, which the Joker never killed his parents, which is kind of cool in this movie because the the story is Batman created the Joker through dropping him in the in the uh, chemicals. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, they're implying, which makes it even more in his mind, that the Joker created Batman mm. through this chaos. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot there. It's a shitty movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's a shitty movie. It's just, it's that thing where, like, Silence of the Lambs gets it so right and that it leaves enough of it ambiguous that we don't know right. too much. But it gives us enough that we can tell that for sure this is a coherent narrative. And this one errs too far on the other side where it's like anything is possible you just watch this movie for two hours and you know nothing yeah yeah but isn't that that would piss me off if i watched the normal movie but it doesn't bother me here because it makes sense it's a joker movie and i just sat through two hours of something that didn't happen but it happened in his head and it happened because that's his version so that kind of makes sense I don't think it should be character. his version. Though. This should just be story number three that we didn't get to hear in the Nolan movie. Yeah, like, this is just yet one another of the stories. Story, he which, actually does it four times. I just remembered. In a he way, it's Batman like, at the end. He's like, "You want to know how I got these scars?" <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> so yeah, he tried right. to do a fourth. Oh, I'll tell you how you got these. <laughs> got these. She's <laughs> Louise. That bat voice. <laughs> that ranked up there with. Like, can you just give me a moment? Like. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. yeah, I don't. Guys, you know. the bat, the the bat voice. You just mentioned the bat voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Neither of you guys watch Community, and you really should. Right. Well, you didn't watch season, the College Humor shit yet. Season and one. You will. Season one. There's a Halloween episode where uh, Abed, one of the characters, mm-hmm. dresses up as Batman. And his Batman voice is very, very entertaining. Nice. You guys should watch that episode just for the Batman voice. Another, <laughs> another story about Community, and I have you guys to thank for this. I was watching uh, the first season again, probably for the fourth or fifth time, because it's just what I put on when I, you know, it's your unwinding wanna, show. Yeah, just want to relax. Um, one of the shows. Um, but there's a, there's an episode where Annie, who is the youngest of the group. Um, is like helping run their STD fair, like the STD, STI now. STD awareness. <laughs> and the grand finale of the whole thing is she's going to uh, demonstrate how to put a condom on a mannequin. Okay. Okay, but, but she's... they don't have a thing. But she's <laughs> never seen a penis before. Okay. And so she's nervous. And so they decide that it would be a good idea for her and the two other chicks to break into the dean's office just so that she can see the mannequin so she's you know, familiar right. with it, whatever. And they get caught by security, like get like looking through the keyhole of the Dean's office at the mannequin. Mm-hmm. And the security guard says, what in the reverse porkies is going on here? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Boom. See, it all the ties first, together. <laughs> dude, the first four times I watched that, I, I was like right over my head. I have no Completely. idea what he's talking about. <laughs> and this time I'm like, oh my God, it's reverse yep. porkies. I love it. It's They're funny. at a school. They're yeah, looking through a peephole. And it makes me proud. <laughs> it makes me proud. Like, my my daughter, Dan, 
her favorite movie now is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? Oh, that's awesome. So she's four. She's four. She <laughs> she calls me at work and she's like, "Dad, can we watch Bueller tonight?" Like she, that's her Barney. So she wants to watch Bueller. So I've watched it three times this week. That's amazing. And I my boys have been sitting with us too, and I I flat out said, "Okay, you guys have seen this movie enough times now." To where when you watch Spider-Man Homecoming, you're going to catch every friggin' reference in that. There's so much Ferris Bueller in, in that movie because the director kind of homages Ferris Bueller's and a lot of it has that same John is, Hughes. Is Homecoming like the most recent one? It's the first one. Oh, okay. So it's him in high school and it has a lot of John Hughes feel to <laughs> Yo, it. Yo, guys, I have no idea about movies. You do. You're like Homecoming, yeah, oh, yeah, that movie. <laughs> All right, so the that first I've never that, heard of the first in the most recent series is called Homecoming. It's very okay. high schooly, okay, and it has a lot of John Hughes feel. Okay. But there's like a lot of Ferris Bueller in the movie All right, visually. Cool. Yeah. So when we're watching it now, they're like, "Oh, that's the part when he does this. Oh, and that's the part." There's a lot. So it, yeah, when you start getting these references, you feel good. You're like, "Oh my god!" Now I'm I'm in. I'm on the team. I'm uh, I'm in the club. Yeah. Now, you know, Travis, I think we should probably focus not on a superhero movie that homages, but maybe yeah. this movie that we just watched and the fact that it's nothing but like a supercut of three other movies, but with the Joker inserted. Right. Hey, George, did like, you catch any of that? Or are you not familiar with the movies Taxi Driver, The Network, and The King of Comedy? King of Comedy. Uh, no, I'm, I didn't catch any of that. The King of Comedy would have been very good to, to know <laughs> when watching this. Yeah. It's yeah. tricky because we didn't know how much legwork to put you through before you watched this movie. But this, the Joker movie is like a pastiche of essentially three movies. I would argue four. There's one the internet hasn't caught on to yet, but we'll get to it by the end of this. Hmm. It's not Italian. It's French. Okay. But, about Italy, though? <laughs> but uh, other than the movie that I think a lot of people missed out on, mm. basically the aesthetic, the color palette, the shot selection, the dialogue, the, the character, the character itself <laughs> is basically a mix of the character from Taxi Driver going on an adventure in the movie The King of Comedy in place of mm. The King of Comedy. And the biggest connection to that is in Taxi Driver De Niro mm-hmm. plays Arthur is it Feck? What's his last name in this movie? Is it Fleck or is it Feck? Fleck. Okay so the character of Arthur Fleck if you put him in Taxi Driver he's being played by Robert De Niro a young Robert De Niro. Okay that sounds amazing. It is it's it's a good movie. We'll we, watch that we, one. That we, will fit in will the show. It. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's yeah. phenomenal. It's great. Yeah. And then King King of is it King of Comedy? King of Comedy, also King De Niro. Comedy, also De Niro playing a stand up comic trying to make it big. Uh and you know, hilarity ensues. Okay. So with it's Jerry Lewis from the with Clown Jerry Lewis. The Day the Clown Cried. Right. There's a lot of connections. Both phenomenal movies. The web. Yeah. Yeah. But when you see the when when people fans of movies saw this movie, they saw the trailer, they're like, holy shit, that's De Niro. De Niro this is like De Niro playing De Niro from those movies 
but he's on the other end. Yeah. Like he was basically playing the character he played in Kings of Comedy, but he's now a Tonight Show host. So it was like, okay. But then Joaquin almost, Phoenix is kind of channeling some of the character traits all, from all both movies. All the De Niro, uh, yeah, characters. And, but then he's doing his own thing. But by just De Niro being in this movie, it's almost kind of like he's giving it uh, his blessing. His blessing, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he didn't, it's not like they like hid their notes, you know? It was very clearly just like borrowing from, and if you want to come with me on the assumption that this is all just some made-up story the Joker is telling. I'm I'm there with you. It yeah. would make sense that he would just be like pulling from different things that he would have seen. Mm. And so, you know, it it's interesting. Uh, I sent you mm. guys a fan-made trailer from YouTube. Okay. It is creatively called Joker versus Taxi Driver fan-made trailer. Hmm. Watch this real quick, George. Hey, this is Dan in post. I'm not going to make you sit here for three minutes listening to them watch something, but I am going to put in a couple of things that they said unprovoked watching that specific trailer. Same freaking movie. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we're not kidding. <laughs> Holy shit. Same movie, uh, but but not. It's, but it's, like, it, sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, a better movie because it's not someone trying to turn it into the Joker story. Yeah, you mean Taxi Driver is a better movie? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, just so yeah. our listeners are clear. Yeah, and it's a Scorsese. You guys say it different than I do. I say Scorsese. You guys I say, say Scorsese. Scorsese, which I've noticed when I'm <laughs> yeah. editing the podcast because that's not how I say it, but I don't know which one's right. So, yeah, me neither. That guy. Scorsese? That guy. Yeah, that guy is Martin, Martin S. Uh, Martin S. And actually, he did King of Comedy too, which is strange. Yes. Marty. They call him Marty. Marty. In Hollywood. Marty. Um, yeah, the, the two big scenes I remember in Taxi Driver made sense in this movie like there's a scene where he laughs uncontrollably in a movie he shouldn't be laughing in and it's like yeah i forgot that was taxi driver someone used it as a soundbite as a drop Mm -hmm. on a radio show and it became like tropey de niro impression laugh right and that's from that movie and then obviously the you talking to me line that became iconic for de niro right is from that movie as well but Jodie Foster's in it. She's she won an Oscar for it. Like it's it's a phenomenal movie. So we will watch it. Yeah, I and def- it's different enough from this movie where you didn't see it yet. You haven't. No, seen it I definitely need to see. Yeah, that. I'm surprised. Probably should have watched. Wasn't it. in season one. Yeah, we should have watched. Jeez, that. I think we'll probably. <laughs> I think we'll probably have a bunch of movies that, as we watch them through this season. We'll come back and be like, and when we talked about Joker, we mentioned this, right. <laughs> and we're yeah. back on the Joker again. So even though this may not be our favorite movie, I think it's going to be an interesting node for conversation for the rest of the year, probably. The thing I mm. like about this movie, because again, I'm on your boat, I didn't like this movie because it was a Joker movie. I think if it wasn't a Joker movie, I probably would have liked it more because the performance is good. Yeah. The story is a tragic story. It was well played. Like, I felt terrible for him. But the whole time I'm watching, I'm going, I shouldn't be feeling terrible for a psycho 
like a homicidal maniac like the Joker. But if I was watching it and not thinking he was the Joker, then I would have felt more for him and it would have been a better payoff. Because you shouldn't feel yeah. those feelings for somebody you know eventually is going to become what he becomes. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, you you don't... If the Joker is going to tell his story... He's going to make himself a hero. Is, well, he's going to make... At least he's going to make you feel like you want... You know, you say, okay, I can understand how right. this person feels this way and I can at least relate to them a little bit or sympathize. Right. Basically. Is that is that a characteristic of a sociopath, Dan? Is what a characteristic of a sociopath? The uh construction of a story to turn yourself into like a a victim a sympathetic, or a sympathetic character. Yeah. It no sociopaths <laughs> just don't get why it's sad that someone died. Like it doesn't okay. make sense. Like, oh that person died. I have stated a fact. And other people are sad right. and they're like, Why why make water eyes come person mm-hmm. dead? So <laughs> that's your sociopathy. Right. Hmm. Would this be more like narcissistic or like Yeah, I mean this is a narcissistic telling I guess you could say it was like a narcissistic personality disorder if you were trying to diagnose that specific thing where it's like here is my story, and I am the hero, and I do all things because I am so great. Right. In a white room yeah, but then with black curtains. trickled in is, did he even create the mother? Is he an orphan? Was he from, like, we don't even know if that mom is real. Yeah. Did he create her in his own head to make himself seem more sympathetic? Right. You know, the whole, the whole story about Thomas Wayne and the affair and Bruce Wayne being his half-brother, it's all created right it's not lore, right and what it's I'm, not yeah canon. and what i what i was getting at was like if you're the joker telling your own story then you're gonna make it seem as terrible as possible for you mm-hmm. and how you came up and how you got this way right because like it's worse to just be like yeah i'm just this way right you know there's just something wrong with me you know the michael myers it's, yeah the michael myers right now he's he's like you know, you know, they call him in the dark night, they call him a freak and he's just like, mm-hmm. not. Right. You know. It, it, he's he's convinced that he's not. And he's justified in what he's doing. Right. And yeah. So yeah, if the way you felt watching the movie was in it was intentional. It was on purpose. They tried to make you feel that way. Even though you know he's the Joker, mm-hmm. right? They're they're trying to make it seem like you know, that the terrible people of Gotham and the rich people and just, and and the, you know, just everything about Gotham made him. It wasn't his fault, right? Right. That's the Joker's telling of the story. He's the product of the environment. Yeah, so in that sense, a mission accomplished. Right. But, um... But yeah, that's the Joker side. Of you know the story. exactly. One of the things you brought up the Dark Knight Joker again. Did you catch the part where he's in the back seat of the cop car and it like mirror images that shot from Dark Knight when he's in the back yes. seat of the cop car? Yeah. And they yeah. also do the thing where he grabs the TV camera and it's very similar to the mm-hmm. camera grab. In a lot of ways, this movie like tries to roll in all the Jokers into this one movie as like a kind of almost like a greatest hits moment. Mm-hmm. You know, homage mm-hmm. all the Jokers. Right. And it makes me wonder, like, 
in a way, did the filmmakers play a really good cynical joke on the audience just by making this movie that we all should have seen as a joke and coming out, a lot of people didn't get it. Mm. You know, like it's, you just spent your money on a two hour joke. Isn't that a good bit? It's actually kind of funny if if that's what they were intending. I don't think that's what they were intending. They I should though. That's were, a good bit. Yeah, they yeah, were I, they I were trying to cash in on what Sony's mentality is. Where, yeah, Marvel has the Spider Man thing going, but we're gonna make villain movies. We're gonna make Venom. We're gonna make uh, Morbius. We're gonna make uh, Craven. Like we're gonna take all the villains and we're gonna make individual movies and we're gonna make them real dark and give them a lot of depth and it's like but you're kind of you can't have a Joker movie without Batman you just can't and they knew that and that's why they threw that shit in at the end <laughs> with the Waynes that was like right it almost seemed out of place and like Dan said and like he saw the marquee and he's like oh god here we go yeah two roses in the alleyway <laughs> we've talked about the influences on the movie Joker uh, the big three to death right we we've covered it you've seen the trailer for the one there's a similar trailer for king of comedy if you want to watch it there's a bunch of good breakdowns on youtube of guys showing you clips side by side and telling you why telling you why but here's the thing definitely need to see taxi driver before you do that none of these movies contain a dancing joker (laughs) and the dancing in this movie is consistent it's a character choice yeah Mm -hmm. it's through the entire movie and the big iconic scene, right? The the scene that became the trailer is him the stairs. dancing on the stairs. Mm-hmm. Let's just say this isn't the first time we've had a clown dance down a set of stairs. Now, I sent you a clip from Jean Roland's, uh, that's Gene Roland for the American crowd, uh, Gene <laughs> Roland's movie, The Demoniacs, which I can't recommend the movie. In good faith, because it's not the place to start with Roland, but it is an interesting movie, uh, and I imagine it would be an interesting movie if you were to partake in some medicinal and or not medicinal uh, mind-altering substances. That movie is pretty bonkers. I sent you a clip. It's about a minute and a half. Check that clip out. Oh, I already hate it. This thing's going to haunt me in my dreams. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. Oh, yeah. I'll try to splice it into our episode. I'll probably get a copyright strike, though. So maybe I'll just put some screenshots just so they can see. Because, no, I mean, this clip is not on YouTube. It's a bonkers scene, but pretty soon that clown starts dancing down those stairs, man. Oh, wow, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's there, and nobody knows. And it's cool. It's cool reach. It's just it's one of those things that, like, it's so obscure that it would have been cool if somebody in an interview would have been like, oh, yeah, and we brought in some weird old French movie. But nobody ever does with the French or the How Italians. do you know about this movie? I was watching it one day, and I went, holy shit, it's the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened. I was watching it after the trailer came out, but before the movie came out. And whoa. But if you watch the first Visually, part. Visually, it does look like it. The does. way that they're moving, the clown thing, the way it's moving at the very beginning of the clip when the girls walk up upon it is very much like when he stands there and does his little arm dance. It's very, mm. like, flowy. I'm doing yeah. the dance, but you can't see it because it's an audio podcast. <laughs> this is great for TV. I would love to see that. Awesome radio. But it's a... <laughs> Look what it's I'm doing. great radio. <laughs> it's a weird movie, and um, 
I, I grabbed the DVD case today to to make the little clip. And there's a chick just straight on like double clicking her mouse on the back cover. I was like, oh, oh wow, I, nice. I can't leave this laying around. <laughs> what? What? Oh shit! Yeah, funny. so it's a pretty filthy movie, but that one part's really interesting. Roland's fun. We'll watch one at some point. I don't know when. Yeah, that clown was creepy. I don't want to see that. No, we won't watch that one. That movie is not. Not the one we would start with. He has, I mean, Jean Roland has some really good movies. Uh, I mean, artsy kind of extreme, would never pass American censorship kind of movies. Just too much sex because it's French. Mm. But some of the movies are just really, really good, eerie, but not jump scary kind of scary movies. They're good. Mm. Excellent vampire movies, too. So can I give you my final thoughts on this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um. While I was watching it, and you know, Travis said that he was trying to not feel sympathetic the entire time. I was feeling like, would you please just become the Joker already? Right. <laughs> em- embrace it, be the Joker, right? And that's partially because they marketed it as a Joker movie, right? So, you know, all of the all of the struggles and all the struggles. It's like there's an hour and a half of struggles, and I'm like. Is he gonna become the Joker or fucking what? And then that might finally... be sociopathy, actually, hmm. to be able to get through the first hour and a half of this movie and not feel like <laughs> grossed out. You yeah. might have just tipped your hand there, George. Well, hey, listen. <laughs> and then he did become the Joker, mm-hmm. right? He embraced it. He stopped taking his meds. He went on a killing spree. And I'm like, that's, that's yeah, your payoff. That there's your payoff. Mm-hmm. And then you get the last scene where it's uh, probably all bunk. Mm. And so it's a big joke. I think it was, I, I mean, it was pretty well done. I, you know, I think it might have been, it, sh- it was, a, it, I think it might have been a little too long, but that's not really a, like a huge complaint for me. Didn't I, it I win th- some Oscars? I think I'd rather have more than, uh, than, than less. Right. But, um, you know, it, the movie didn't blow my mind, but I see what they were doing. I liked what they were doing. You tip your hat. The Walking uh, uh, Phoenix was fantastic. Fantastic. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was good. It was good. If someone's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna watch the Joker tonight. Have you ever seen it?" And I'm like, yeah, I saw it. Is it good? Like, yeah, I'd watch it. Right. Yeah. Sure, That's the way certainly. I feel. If it came before Ledger's version, it would have been, been better. better. Yeah, but uh, it's just it's also nothing compares. You know how I know the Ledger joke. I mean, this is this. I mean, this is not breaking news here, but Ledger is the best Joker ever. Yeah, right. You know how I know that. I compare every other Joker to that. Right. In my head, that's how I know that the amplifier that I have sitting next to me is the best amplifier for me. And whenever I play another one, I compare it to this one. What kind of amplifier is that? Let's get some. Uh, it's a Port City Solstice. Ooh, nice. That's it's hot. uh made by a guy named Dan Klein. Port City Amplification. Oh, free plug. Friend of the show. Yeah, friend, <laughs> friend of, of the show. Friend Dan of our Klein, gear yeah. collections, Dan Klein. Nice, nice. Actually, I have an amplifier and I have a cab. I have a two twelve uh, cab. 
Which brings us back to the taxi port, driver. Port City. There you go. Oh, yeah. Do you like how uh, <laughs> Joker gets nailed by a taxi cab? Yeah. Interesting. If you didn't, you know, like get all the taxi cab, the taxi, <laughs> yeah, the taxi driver <laughs> references, he gets nailed by one. That was really well done, that scene, getting the Joker getting hit by the cab. I was yeah. like, oof. Yeah. Actually, the, all the effects were really good. Yeah. The violence was really, like, hard, you know? Yeah. It all had, like, a solid hit to it. Where yep. It... And we know that Arthur is not anti-little people. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> he let him go. <laughs> to, yeah. Not even, he did not even, he just not, like, let him go reluctantly. He wasn't even reluctant. He was like, you're the only person who yeah. was ever nice to me. Yeah. It's kind of like a, the you know, Dane Cook joke about- Like, he loves him, basically. Uh, the crazy guy at work, always give him give him candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Because when he decides to come in and start, you know, doing things to he, people, yeah. he comes to you and he's like, yeah, hey, thanks for the candy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dane Cook. God. There's one scene hey, I really want you to see, George, but- I think we should probably wait until you actually get to watch the movie, but it's from King of Comedy where he's sitting in a chair, this is De Niro's character, getting ready to like mentally prepare himself to be on TV, like imagining himself on TV. And he's got like cardboard cutouts of the host and a guest and he's like doing his whole like routine. And if you watch mm-hmm. that side by side with uh Arthur on the couch. Absolutely. It's just like man. Practicing what he's gonna say to Murray. Yep. Man. Mm-hmm. He's just making so all that, this up in his head, talking to the lady mm-hmm. at the Arkham place. And this would have been another complaint of mine. They should not have revealed, since they borrowed so much from King of Comedy, they should not have revealed that De Niro was the host of that show. That should have been an in-theater moment. Where yeah, like, that would have oh, been great. Fuck. That's De Niro. That's the King of Comedy. <laughs> I like how his notebook was folded. Yeah. I like how it's like just who does that? Ridiculous. Only a psycho there, does yeah. that. <laughs> Folds their notebook. Yeah, who does that? Who does that? <laughs> I like how like when he's thumbing through the pages, like there's just like naked chicks in there. Yeah. It's like trying to find a joke and you gotta like page past all the naked chicks. Yeah, he kinda had like a like a John Doe thing going too. I don't know. I I, I, I there's so much that they borrowed from other places Sa- for this movie. Safe to say he had issues. Yeah. Yeah. At, as explained by the Joker. Word. Remember, this is the Joker's side of the story. This is his side. I like to think that they just played a big joke on the audience, and so many people like didn't get it that it's actually a way funnier joke because no one's caught on yet. I don't know. Judging by the way Warner Brothers does things and the way... DC does things. Uh, I think they were completely serious. <laughs> uh, other than the Nolan trilogy, it's been a bit of a mess. There's no rhyme or reason. So it's like when when they when they made this movie, they knew they had something good. They knew they had something different, and they did it, and they did it well compared to the other shit that they were doing, and not getting good reviews on it, and not getting nominations, and Fans were like, the hell did I just watch? They got this one. I think this is all face value. I think they believe that this was like their their Maltese Falcon 
They were just like, yeah, we're we're making an Oscar award-winning movie here. There's no joke here. Well, and it did win too, so. Mm-hmm. Can it be both? I think they looked at the ending reveal more like a Sixth Sense moment and not as a, ha-ha, you just sat through this bullshit hours no i don't think think it's a i don't think it's a ha-ha well actually it's a movie about the joker that you paid to go see right and so i get dan's point but why can't a movie that is a joke like you just you just came here and watched this movie and it's all bullshit and you wasted two hours and money and you know and you watch this movie. I don't and, think he did waste and, two hours. And the whole thing is a joke. And the movie was about the Joker. End scene. You and see what we Oscars. did there? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but Absolutely I, I don't win Oscars think, for that. I don't think they... No, I, I'm not even going to say think. I know that they didn't sit there and go, okay, we're going to make a movie that at the end, the whole thing was a joke. and And that's it. Like they were sitting there it's going. It's not that the thing is a joke. It's that the the joke is on you because none of it was real. And it's not jokes don't have to be funny. I mean, if you've seen The Dark no, Knight, as, a lot of those jokes are not very funny. No, and if no. you've seen this movie, a lot of jokes aren't funny. Yeah. But I think it's 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 kind of like when people say, uh, like if I if I were to, it's funny. It's coming up because we always say, oh, we'll go around to this. When Walking Dead ends, right? Oh, Jesus, we're back on the Walking Dead. Throwback Everybody to was season all pe- of them. No, but people were always saying when they end this show, if if they have Rick wake up in the hospital again, mm-hmm. and we find out the whole series was a dream, we're gonna kill somebody. Like people were so angry about that, and I was like, in my mind, I always thought, oh, it would be cool if they ended the series with him waking up in the hospital, and people would look at me like, no, we don't want that, and I said. But if you have that happen, and then the first thing that happened from the show happens anyway, then it works. Because now you're basically saying, all the shit that he just dreamt about is about to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. So you're like, you get the double payoff. You get the, oh shit, all that was a dream? Oh wait, it's going to happen anyway. Yeah, what the F, and then... So there's a way to do that. And then he meets Morgan, and you're like... Yeah, this is all <laughs> happening anyway. Like, and oh, I'm not shit. I'm not greedy. I don't need a double payoff. I wouldn't mind having one payoff, if you know what right. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the joke would have been him being in a coma. And that would have been the studio going, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it was all just a dream. But right. then the filmmaker in, in me and, and, like, this guy Phillips, or Philip, is it Todd Phillips? Todd Phillips. Phillips. The filmmaker is going, it is a joke, but it's the Joker. Right. So it's not really that bad of so an it idea. Can, so it can still so win it an makes Oscar. Work. Or it two. makes sense. Yes. Because absolutely. it's That's all happening. Not that it didn't happen, but it's all happening in his head. Yes. So it did happen. In his head. In his head. Yes. So I'm fine with that. I'm it fine with it too. It, 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 to me, it's not a waste of two hours. I do I think I it's interesting not... that you're giving him like a good faith reading. You know, it did happen in his head where I would say that the Joker I know and love who makes up these stories when he is going to kill people, he he's doing so in bad faith. Right. Like I'm going to take you on a Grandpa Simpson level like story, you know, (laughs) as was the style at the time with the onion on my belt. And then Mm -hmm. at the end of this two hour long joke, 
I'm it's a joke. Like none of it's true right. and I just distracted you. So No, that's fine. I hear you. I don't know. It would it works for me better that way because so many people don't catch on to the fact that it you know, so many people see the end of this movie like, Wow, did you see at the end after he'd been taken to Arkham and after the events of the movie, then he you know and it's, it's like, like no. Oh, you didn't no. get it. It's a good bit. <laughs> it's a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get it. Because cool. he does say that. That's how he's what he says to the to the doctor. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, you, you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You kind of, I kind of get that feeling when, you know, at the at the end, not the hospital scene, not the white room scene, but before when, you know, all of the clowns are like ra- raising chaos in the whole. It's like the other the white room scene. The, the scene it's scored this... by the song "White Room" as opposed to the scene right. taking place in the white room. Yeah, correct, correct, right. right. It's um. It's just the grandeur of right. the the symbol that he is in his mind. Right. That's what it is. Like how they remove him from the car. It's almost like yes. A, it's it's like a pieta. Moment. Yeah. Like, and he's yeah. and he's you know he's on top of the car and he spreads the blood from his mouth on his cheeks and mm-hmm. they're they're all like looking up at him like he's the king. That's and then just he does his, his grandeur little, in his mind. His yes. French his clown dance. French clown. Dance. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> That's funny. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this Joker for a long time. How does that line in the uh, Dark Knight go? I have a feeling we'll do this forever, whatever. We're going to be talking about this movie forever because it's going to keep coming up and other stuff. You're going to be surprised how often we reference this movie going forward. It will. I've lived long enough without it. Like I watched it once, and I never watched it again until we did this. And I didn't miss it. Yeah, I enjoyed watching it the second time. It was I caught more things, but um, again, my my animosity towards this movie has to do with the obviously the marketing. I felt I felt it was cheesy. They 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 wasted an opportunity. Yeah, I don't think you need to watch this movie a second time. It depends. Like I like the acting in this. Movie. I I would watch this to be inspired. Uh, yeah, sh- yeah. To play, like if <laughs> that's I were, all we I, need. Not, is, not, <laughs> yeah, if I want to, you know, that's all we need is one one big clown chaos. telling a bunch of other clowns to go cause a riot and fight the police. Yeah, luckily no, that'll I'm never happen more, in real life. More like the intimate stuff, like in the beginning, like just all the character stuff he's doing. It's it, there's a lot there that you can you can take from. Yeah, as an actor. Yeah, like, but like it's kind of like watching The Sixth Sense twice. Right. You know, it's right. You don't need to watch. Although it seeing time. it a second time, you do catch more things. Yeah, certainly. But yeah. like, like I didn't even really. I, I'm sad to say I don't think the first time I watched this movie, I actually thought that the, let it me, was all in its head. Let me rephrase. It's like watching Sixth Sense a third time, because you definitely need to watch right. Sixth Sense twice. Yes, because so you can say, "Oh, I'm an asshole. I didn't see <laughs> yeah, that." Yeah, for sure. <laughs> He's wearing the same shirt. For sure. That. But this this movie, you don't have to watch twice. <laughs> right. You watch it once, you got it. Now, I I can honestly say the first time I watched it, I don't know if I was just so angry, uh, that it was not a Joker movie, that I kind of didn't catch that it didn't happen. I was kind of I was kind of confused kinda at the end as to you know what I just saw, yeah. but second time watching it, I caught all of it, and I was like, oh. Yeah, none of that fucking happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad I watched the second time because I got more out of it. 
which is we've been trying to do that a few times. Well, here's the thing. Like I, the way I took it was because, like I said, I was confused. But like, you, s- you in the white room and the joke, and she's not. You know, she, you're not gonna get it. And blah blah blah. blah like. I get that it's the Joker telling his story the entire time, but I know that, like I said, it's one side of the story. Not all of it is going to be true. Right. Not all of it is going to be. It's it's definitely going to be embellished, and it's definitely going to be showing one side. So, like, you know, some of those things that he told could be true. Could be. Could be. And or maybe some similar things like that formed him right into what he is, but like, but it know, makes more sense as a Joker movie that all of that is fabricated. We don't know anything about him. We think we do, but we don't because like the source material. You never the best thing about the Joker, and they finally did it in the comics, and I think fans got angry about it. They did a one-off story where they supposedly gave his backstory, who he is and all stuff. I don't know if it was ever well-received or if it ever even really came out, but they tried to do it, and people were like, no, we don't want to know. We just want the stories right. from the Joker's side, from the Joker's exactly. mind. We don't need that's to know, need. and that's the, the killing joke is the quintessential Joker story. And that's it. <laughs> like all right stop writing this shit that and and trying to tell me that this is his background we don't need to know his background he's our michael myers leave it alone we don't need to know why word but we're going to be doing it a few times where we're going to watch things that you've seen already but watch them with a different eye like we did it with the, the dark knight right for that very reason like there's there are things that, yeah, you did see that movie, but did you watch it? Or what's what's the quote? You you did watch it, but did you see it? That's the uh, white man can't jump joke mm. about music. You can you can listen to Jimi Hendrix, but you don't hear him. Mm. You know, that's another movie you'll probably see at some point. So this next movie, I assume it's a movie that George it will be watching. Uh, how many times do you think he should see this one? <laughs> I guess it depends on which one we're watching. I say you watch either of them as many times as you want. I honestly want to give him the choice. No, I don't. He know. doesn't get a choice. I don't want to put nope. it up to him. He nope. doesn't get a choice. See, I would argue, Damn. Travis, that maybe if it were me, I'd probably recommend that he watch it at least like seven times. Okay. You think? Okay. <clears throat> I know what movie we're watching now. <laughs> His face. <laughs> Halloween H2O. <laughs> Stop it. All right, cool. We got some we got some Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman coming. Yeah. We're going to watch them. Oh, yeah. Are you ready to revisit the Fincher classic? Yes. Absolutely. I am very excited about this because I have not seen this movie in about 10 years. Yeah, it's been a long time for me too, so I'm excited yeah. to it's watch it. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be your four year old's favorite flick <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> Vienna's like, "What's in the box, <laughs> Dad? Come on, what's in the box?" Hey, Dad, remember when there was something in the box? <laughs> Should be calling you at, at, at work. What's in the box? <laughs> Tell me what's in the box. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
Oh, jeez. Well, I'm really excited to watch David Fincher's Seven, in case we didn't make that clear earlier. Yes. That's what we're watching. Friend of the show, David Fincher. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. Email us, remedialfilmpod at gmail.com. You can find us at Twitter and Instagram at remedialfilmpod. We'll be back next week with the 90s classic, David Fincher's Sev Zevin. Seven with a seven in the middle. Sev Sevin. Seven.